police rules in the morning. In 1988, the blockbuster film Akira changed forever the way anime was presented in movie theaters. Thirteen years later, after a complete visual restoration, Akira once again changes the way anime movies were meant to be heard, experienced true, superior quality, theater sound, as the blockbuster film Akira is remastered in a 5.1 multi-dimensional sound by the original movie composer Soji Yamashiro of Ginoa Yamashiro Gumi. Mixed with the original Japanese dialogue, this new Japanese 5.1 DTS surround sound delivers an even more realistic and dynamic full immersion into the explosive music and sounds of the Akira world. Childhood friends Tetsuo and Canada's motorcycle gang encounters a military operation to retrieve an escaped experimental subject. The military captures Tetsuo and conducts experiments on him that unleash his latent psychic ability. But when these new powers rage out of control, Tetsuo lashes out at the world that has oppressed him. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie Bros. Here are B-Movies, the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So here we are, week four of Anime Month. And uh, if you haven't guessed it by what the back of the DVD box had to say, it's Akira, the 1988 classic, one of the best regarded animes of all time, and possibly the best known anime ever. This is one of those films that it's going to be hard to top this moving forward. I mean, we've officially gone way past B-movie to basically the largest extent. I mean, it is an A-movie in every sense. It even starts with the letter A. <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's, you know, technical difficulties. Let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties. Top and bottom three. Let's start with the top. And I'm going to get us going here with me, number three. The world of Akira is so fleshed out, between the visual backdrop and the dialogue of the environment, it truly immerses a viewer in a different world. Everything adds into everything else. The, the dialogue in the background, the people talking on the TVs, giving you the story of what is going on in this world. Even the graffiti all has meaning and something to do with the film that really puts you in the place of what is happening to these kids. Number two, Tetsuo's evolution. From him having hallucinations at the very beginning of what starts to happen to him, to gaining godlike powers is just so interesting to see what happens to him. Number one, the action sequences in this movie are so well detailed and put together. There are motorcycle chases, rioting, fight scenes, and every just, it's just all so perfect. Like, I, I hate to use the word perfect on anything, but if it deserves to be used, it's for the action of Akira. Is, it, it, it is perfect. I think that's the perfect description of it. All right, number three. I love the duality between the two protagonists, Tetsuo and Kaneda, Kennedy is a smart mouth, skirt-chasing punk who nevertheless shows all the qualities of being a true hero and leader. Loyal to a fault, he never turns down a challenge. Even when he's faced against a, a being with godlike powers, he demands that he calls him sir. He's a true badass, and he never gains special powers. He's a human the whole time. And compared to Tetsuo, who was... Canada's friend and another member of the biker gang, the Capsules, who was a 
weak, um, easily bullied kid who relied on Ted on Canada and really looked up to him, even stealing his bike in the beginning of the film. He ends up becoming a uh, the godlike being, gaining all these psychic powers. But even with those, he's not as strong of a character as Canada, and in the end ends up begging Canada for help when things go wrong. It was a really interesting dichotomy. So wait, their biker gang's capsules, is that, is that actually told in the movie, or was that from the manga? Because... I don't remember that. I don't remember. I know. I. It might just be because of the picture on the back of Canada's jacket, but I'm pretty sure I remember somebody saying that. Okay. I, I know you're more versed in this realm than I am, so. Akira lore. <laughs> Number two. Like Corey said, the setting of this film, the cyberpunk, sci fi horror kind of world, is just so interesting. It's just really neat idea of a post-apocalyptic world that has all this really crazy shit going on. It's like, unlike really anything I've seen. And number one, visually this movie is just astounding. During the time it was created, it used a larger color palette than any other animated film in, in existence, using 327 different shades. It's just visually... Every scene is like a painting. You can pause it at any point, and you just have a, you just have a picture that's like worth painting. It's it's incredible. And when you think about this, I mean, this movie was made in 1988, so it's traditional animation. It's not like the late 90s, early 2000s, or today, where everything is computer assisted or computer generated in and of itself. The time and detail that had to be put in by each animator for each. No, not even seeing each fucking frame. It's just uh, amazing to think of. And just to prove what an act of love and dedication this film was, it, the director of this movie was the actual author of the manga, so he wanted to see his vision on the big screen animated, and he, he did an amazing job. Well... I guess it's on to the bottom three. What can we find that was not so good about this film? See how much we can reach to find bad things about this film. So for me, number three, when they go to the Akira Holding facility the first time, they talk about the temperature that is in the facility, and they note that the control room is 118 degrees Kelvin, which translates roughly to negative 247 degrees Fahrenheit. Yet, they're standing in this room in nothing but a fucking parka and pants. Like, their faces exposed, their hands are exposed. They should be fucking frozen to death. But yet, no. No, they aren't. Like, come on, scientific facts in a sci-fi movie, keep them straight. Number two. The advent of psychic abilities aren't explained in any way. Like, did the children already have them? Or were they awakened by some of the experiments? Kind of like Tetsuo's encounter with 26 awakened his. It's one of those things they could have given a little more background on. They well, they do show the kids being experimented on at the end of the film. Plus, they also but say was it that the experiments that gave them the powers, or did they have the powers before the experiments? I mean, everybody has a latent energy inside of them to manifest. I think that they were just more prone to it as kids or something like that. And, of course, Akira was the, um, the pinnacle of all that. And then, number one, the same weapon that multiple soldiers use against Tetsuo at the same time had no effect, 
But yet, when Canada steals one of these weapons and uses it to fight Tetsuo, he's actually able to do some real damage. Like, like inconsistencies. Come on. Like, is it effective? Is it not effective? Is it because you know? Is there a reason? Give us a reason. You know, maybe it's because he has you know a bond with a bond with Canada, so he just it lets it hurt him or whatever happens. But just he, like caught him off guard or something like that. I don't know, know. but it, it it doesn't make sense. Number three. Well, I don't hate the original dub by Streamline Productions. I find it vastly inferior to the two thousand one dub by Animes. And admittingly, that's probably due to the fact that I saw that version multiple times before I even knew the Streamline version existed. However, I even considering that, I still think that the the anime's one is the better one. I mean, how can you not enjoy hearing Vash's Stampede from Trigun telling, arguing with um, Ty from Digimon, that, with them saying that they're going to kill each other? I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, I only saw this movie as a subbed version, so I, now, now that I know Ty from Digimon is, is Tetsuo, I, I gotta give it another watch in English. Oh yeah, definitely um, adds a little extra something to it. Number two. So I've met only a handful of people in my life who didn't like this film, and each one of those people gave the same exact reason, which was they didn't like the body horror during the scene where Tetsuo transforms into a giant monstrosity of flesh and organs. I mean, I personally wasn't bothered by it, but I can definitely see if you don't like that stuff why you would be turned off to the movie. So, I mean, that that's one scene? Like, yeah. The, 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 that's like 27 seconds of a fucking two and a half hour movie. Like, what the, what is wrong with them? Believe it or not, there are a lot of people I've met where that was the scene that they remembered the most, and because they were so grossed out by it, they just hated the movie. And I, it's such a shame, because... It's such an incredible film. That scene is actually really amazing, too, but I get it. Some people don't like it. So, And number one, like we said, this movie is an absolute masterpiece with a strong fan following. So, of course, it was only a matter of time before it was announced that plans for a live-action version would be, would be um, in the works. It's going to be horrendous and a complete mockery of everything that was great about Akira. And I don't want to hear people say, oh, you're being pessimistic. The movie hasn't even come out yet. How can you say that? No, there is no way this, a live-action adaptation of Akira will be anything more than a gigantic pile of shit, unworthy of sharing the same name as this film. Don't believe me? Well then, how about this question? Has there ever been a good live-action adaptation of an anime? The answer is, of course, fucking not. There are some works that are simply can't be adapted into certain mediums. Just think about the abominations that were the Netflix version of Death Note and Dragon Ball Evolution. It just doesn't work, and I hate the idea that there are people whose first introduction to Akira will be whatever abysmal piece of garbage that movie's gonna be. It kills my soul a little bit. So your number one bottom is the future children who will see the live-action Akira before the anime version. I weep for future generations. Where will our world... Where will our world stop? Why? Why? It's a dystopian future we all feared. We didn't talk much about the dialogue, except for, you know, when you watched the dub version, I watched the sub version. 
But let's give ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war quote. based on the subs. So we'll quote this movie back and forth. Paul, I'll let you have the first go-round. At least tell me your name, you bitch. Scientists are all a bunch of romantics. That's Mr. Kennedy to you, punk. The time of atonement is upon us. Now you're a boss, too, of this pile of rubble. I figured you'd be standing here sobbing like a little baby. Tetsuo Kanada! That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this film, and if it's subbed or dubbed, let us know in the comments below or anything else you'd like to say about it. Interesting fact, this is one of the only anime films where they they had the lines recorded first and then animated around the voices. So Never knew that. Yeah, that's why that's one of the reasons why it flows so well. Well, I think it's time to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. One to ten, one being the best, ten being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a one out of ten. I give it the only score it can have, a one out of ten. Visually stunning and filled with plenty of action and drama, Akira is considered by some to be the pinnacle of anime. It's easy to see why it holds such high praises from many fans. The story is engaging, the world is immersive, and the action is just fantastic. The story starts like a normal teenage biker gang and ends up with a godlike being and psychic powers threatening the end of the world. It's an insane ride from beginning to end, and each time you think things may be slowing down, the engine just revs up again. When Katsuhiro Odoma set out to adapt his popular sci-fi manga into a full-length film, he probably had no idea that he was actually creating the greatest animated film of all time. Unrivaled even today, Akira is as close to perfect of a film as I can imagine. Every scene is a portrait, a beautiful work of art worthy of being hung in, a, in an art gallery. Pause this movie at any random point and I guarantee the picture you find will be absolutely beautiful. The story and characters are equally, are equally incredible and altogether me meld into a cinematic masterpiece unlike anything else. It's hard to say anything about this film that wouldn't be, be selling it short. I can only recommend to everyone listening to this who hasn't seen the film, go watch it. Watch it and prepare to be blown away. Even if you don't like anime or animated films, you need to watch Akira at least once in your life. So there you have it, a 1 out of 10 from both of us. Rare-ish, I think. Oh yeah. But a movie that deserves more praises than we could ever give. And unworthy it, of being in its presence. If for some reason you're one of those like seven people that Paul has heard of in the world that doesn't like this film and you want to know how to drink away this flick, well, let's get there and tell you how to drink away this flick. Drink away this flick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give some drinking games for this movie, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time someone's on a motorcycle, take a drink. Number two, every time someone gets shot, take a drink. Number three, whenever people mention Akira, take a drink. Number four, anytime there is rioting, take a drink. And of course, number five, because it's anime month, whenever you see something on screen written in a foreign language, take a drink. Every time Tetsuo complains about his head hurting, take a drink. Every time a biker gang other than the capsules on screen, take a drink. Every time you see a collapsed building or a pile of rubble, take a drink. Every time someone mentions Akira, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the slick. 
If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at like us on Facebook at facebook.com bmoviebros, follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all the all other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats from our website bmoviebros.com. We have new series each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links provided below. We've come to the end of week four, so let's rank the films we've seen so far. I think it's a pretty easy ranking. Uh, for me personally, number four, Yu Yu Hakusho Poltergeist Report. It was just it was just a piece of shit. I mean, I know it was done before the series came to the U.S., so it didn't have the voice actors. It didn't have the right, the same tone as the show. And in that sense, it's just kind of a very average movie that doesn't really explain what's going on. Number three, End of Evangelion. Although a fantastic conclusion of the series, the fact that you need to watch this series of Neon Genesis Evangelion to actually know what's going on really puts a downer on the situation. It's fantastic, it's wonderful, great animation, good story, beautiful conclusion, but on its own, just really can't stand. Number two, Perfect Blue. It's a fantastic thriller. It, it does leave you guessing as to what's going on, and it's a fun watch. Number one, Akira. It, it is, I'm one of those people that says it's, it says it's the pinnacle of anime. I mean, I can't, I, I, fuck it, that's it. Alright, number four, Yu Hakusho Poltergeist Report. I mean, it lacked everything that I liked about about Yu Hakusho. I mean, had the action, but lacked all the charm. And when it lacks that, what's even the point? Number three and number two was difficult because I had to rank two great movies against each other. Ah, man, this was tough. But I gave number three to Perfect Blue. Even though it's a fantastic film, it's really interesting and really such a pleasure to watch. I had to put End of Evangelion above it. I've got more of an emotional attachment to it, and I just think the plot is just incredible and just, I don't know, it's such a great film. Not that Perfect Blue isn't in its own right, but I, who knows, maybe I'll change the, change the order next week. I don't know. I'm still ambivalent on those two. It's really close. But it wasn't close for number one, which was obviously Akira, the pinnacle of animation, one of the greatest films ever made, a film I could watch a hundred more times without getting bored of it. There is... It's not even a competition. Akira wins. And it's sad to say that uh, we still have one more week this month. This is one of those rare months that there's five Fridays, so... uh we're going to take a look at a movie that uh, I would say scarred me as a child because of uh, some horrific nature and events that happened in it. From 1987, we're going to take a look at Wicked City. Does it stand a chance at dethroning Akira? No. I, no, I, it doesn't. I, 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 I don't know. Let's wait and uh, find out. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on the next one. Oh, she ain't